Hello. Thank you for joining us on this momentous occasion. God, I need an intro. <laughs> Welcome back to the Cinema Draft Podcast. I am Eduardo Jackson, creator and CEO of Cinema Draft the Game, where daily fantasy sports meets the movies. But instead of drafting athletes from teams, you are drafting actors from movies. And how their movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your call sheet of actors while competing against your friends for fun and prizes. Allow me to introduce my co-host, lead designer, Peter Vogt. Say hello to the people, Peter. Co-host has been drinking. We are ready to go. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. That's right. Get your Beyonce on, man. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> been drinking. Uh, so I will allow you to indulge. Yeah, I'll give you 30 seconds to crow about your excellent weekend of fantasy football. Go. So, so listen. I've got no business crowing here. You know, betting worked out well for me. You know, nine and one. I think for the last two weeks against you. You know, no big deal. Basically, I feel like you should. I feel like at this point, the money for you. It was a nine and one, sir. It was more like seven and one. But go ahead. No way. This so I had six and one this weekend and then if you count the spread from or the point total from last night and then last week you were 0 and three. So I'm no man. How do they only end up paying you five bucks? I'm confused. Well you, okay, so cause I did owe you money from a losing bet before. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, fine. Nine and one, guilty as charged. And I bring all this up only because we are seriously thinking about possibly doing a fantasy football podcast. So tell us what you think about with Peter coming from a season-long standpoint, me coming from a daily fantasy standpoint. Uh, what do you think about us doing a fantasy football po uh, podcast? We'll probably have prop bets. We'll actually unveil our crappy weekend pickums and more. So tell us what you think. Email us at podcast.cinemadraft at gmail.com. That's podcast.cinemadraft at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, but us possibly doing a fantasy football podcast so we won't waste any more of your time on this general entertainment podcast with our fantasy football degeneracy. Okay, so oh, also yeah. I would like to introduce our drinking game. Peter, you might be well aware of our drinking game. Would you like to tell people what has been brought to our attention when it comes to the Cinema Draft podcast drinking game? So here's the key. If you really want to turn up when you listen to the Cinema Draft podcast, you drink, you do a shot. All right. Or a shot or a full. That's right. You do a shot or a, uh, let's say a Ciroc coconut shot of, uh, of, of any time we say it's lit or, you know, it's lit family or it's lit fam or, or any variation of that. Anything that's lit or happens to catch on fire, have yeah. a drink. Yeah. Damn yeah. And there's, straight. there's a whole backstory about why we say it's lit and all that. We can get into that whenever. But, uh, you know, the, basically, Eduardo and I say that all the time. So, uh, and then also, you could probably put, you could probably start drinking every time I, I say a curse word, which, um, you know, I'm going to try and cut back on that a little bit. But, uh, you know, because we've. Why? we've uh, Shit, why? Well, <laughs> listen, man. I know, you know, I know mom's listening. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I like. 
I know mom's listening, so I'm going to, you know, out of respect for her, I'm going to try and keep the F-bombs to a minimum, but I'm from Boston, and the F-bomb is basically like saying hello, so I can't promise anything, but I'm going to try. All right, mom, so we're already warning you in advance, don't be, you know, don't be shocked if, you know, you know a little, little cursing uh, escapes our lips. That's right. It's gonna happen. We and also, swearing. we be swear. So also, uh, Peter, as usual, is from an undisclosed location. Me, apparently, I'm on vacation. Thank you, Google, Google Hangouts, <laughs> for this very lit family. Take a first, take a first drink for, for the very lit backgrounds. There, it's no, experimental. You got to, you got to explain it for the people who aren't watching on video, though. Exactly what you got going uh, on. Thank you. We do have a podcast following. Thank you, all 12 of our followers. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, family. Uh, so basically what we've got going on today is Google must have rolled out over the last week these experimental backgrounds. So I'm, ex I'm ex being experimental with the experiment uh, or experimenting with the experimental. I've got a – what would you call that? It looks like maybe Aruba, St. Thomas type background, whatever, some vibe. Looks like I'm, I'm hollering at you all from a beach with crystal blue waters. Um, and that, it's that looks like the crystal crystal blue waters of the Caribbean to me, boss. There you go. Not that I've been, but you know, from from what it looks like from from you know Google Maps, Google Earth, uh, looks like I'm broadcasting <laughs> from the beach. So you know, so for all y'all who have taken the time to come visit us at our YouTube channel, the Cinema Draft YouTube channel, appreciate it. Enjoy the lovely view. But uh, for now, we will get right into it into our first segment, which is what I'm watching. And since Peter has pretty much won everything else this damn weekend. Why don't you go first and tell us what you'd be watching? We're, I'm not watching a whole lot, to be totally honest with you. Uh, I'm still playing Madden every day. I'm still watching football, uh, you know, all weekend long, college on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. Um, what college teams are you following? Uh, I'm, I'm a Texas Tech guy, but, um, you know, I'll watch basically any game that's on. Uh, you know I live in Coug territory. Uh, I don't turn up for them or anything, but, you know, I live here. Everybody's about that. They're about that life out here, so I feel like i got to follow them at least a little bit. Plus, it's, it's easy because I don't have to figure out what game is on TV. Like, actually, the UW game will be on always, and the WSU game will be on always. So I always know it's on. Um, UW, yeah, go dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny oh, to on see. On the west side. <laughs> well, it's, it's really funny to see the Washington State rivalry between Washington State and UW because that shit is real. They are angry. They do not like each other. Um, and it's funny because, you know, <laughs> Pullman. Y'all yeah, like, be cooking it over in Pullman. Y'all be cooking it. <laughs> Eastern Washington, man, it's like, this is all we got out here, man. This is all we got. We got farming and we got the Cougars, uh, you know, and EWU, I guess, if you want to go there. But that's the FCS team, so we don't fuck with them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but so, but my wife is super turned up because uh, Shameless starts, uh, I think, in like uh, just a couple months, starts, I think. Starts Sunday. No, it starts Sunday. Oh, okay. They moved, so that, they moved this yeah. shit up early. I think it's because Emmy Rossum got pregnant. Tell your wife I fucks with Shameless too. I'm with her. Tell her to holler at your boy. We can have some recaps. We can bring her on the pod. Have <laughs> a Shameless mini cap. I love that show. That show is just crazy, all the way crazy, and I'm here for it. I'm here yeah, for I it. I watched the first two seasons, but beyond that, I didn't really like it. But she's a very devout follower of the show, and so she's really excited. But other than that, it's basically been all quiet on the I'm watching front. 
All right, well, let me tell you what I'm watching. As usual, I made a trip to the movie theaters. Went and saw Magnificent Seven as the reigning, you know, Denzelit of the podcast. I mean, we all love Denzel, but I mean, my my love of Denzel goes deep, goes back to high school. I actually read the unauthorized biography about him by with Douglas Broad back in like the late '90s. I, at one point, I owned every Denzel movie to to date through the early aughts, uh, except for like two. I'm there. I have I have a I have an actual VHS copy of Carbon Copy. That's how deep it goes. So I went to go see and support Denzel. Uh, big shouts to him. Did uh, did a great job. You know he's charismatic. You know held the film and everything. You can find my review or the real review over at uh, medium.com/slash at cinema draft. Uh, I give it three reels only because I'm not a huge westerns guy. I'm not, but there were some very, 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 and for lack of a better word, lit. Mm. Some very, very lit. Drink. Uh, yeah, drink. <laughs> we had some very, very lit uh, uh, action centerpieces. Two really big, just you know, knockdown, drag out, just gun battles that will please any action lover and western lover as well. So, so make sure you check it out. Uh, manage your expectations, but it was a good time at the movies. I saw it in D box where the seat, you know, moves all around and stuff. So I was in my element. I was in my element. Very lit. Um, also, uh, Mr. Robot, the season finale, and it's still messing with my brain. I don't know what's going on but <laughs> i love it i'm here for it looking forward to season three sam esmail you did your thing uh one, you know shout outs to uh, the watch podcast i'm an avid listener of that as well uh he i guess he's like a frequent guest on there and then very good job sam esmail the writer director of of this season mr robot also we must mention the power stars is power season finale my god yo okay so just quick aside, quick aside. So this is something that we used to follow real closely at work. Everyone but Peter, because Peter's too cheap to get stars. Anyways, power, sure. is, <laughs> power is, I mean, it is on one. It just keeps you know, ratcheting up the crazy, ratcheting up the the the, 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 the dynamics, the interpersonal, you know, uh, switcheroos. I mean, first he's with, you know, An Angela, Angie, and then he's not. And, I mean, as a true, you know, Jam, as it Jamjula, Jam, and and Jamie, whatever truther, I love those those guys together. And seeing them apart is just killing me. And even though it's adultery on the thottish order, on the highest level of thottishness order, <laughs> I'm there for that that love, that that illicit love. And it's sad that it, it kind of broke my heart when she slapped the cuffs on him, led him out of his nightclub truth. So can't wait to see where it's going next season. And the last thing I think I'll mention that I'm watching. That, and once again, Peter is not watching this because I see everything, is this new show called Pitch. Pitch! Yeah, didn't see it. No, I mean, well, so it had its first episode on Thursday. I, I mean, I, to be honest with you, like, I love, I love the high concept. Basically, the first female uh, baseball player in the major leagues, right? And so they get this really young, attractive, you know, athletic uh, uh, lady. Uh, her name is um, – uh, what's her name of the thing? Uh Something well, you know, I actually I forget I forget her name on on the show, but the actress's name is Kylie Bunbury. Uh, I think she comes from like the Disney, you know, stable or whatever. Anyways, so she plays you know a pitcher um, who has like a wicked screwball, makes it to the majors, where she's the first, you know, she's about is on the eve of her first start. And I thought it would be super corny and really bad writing, and it's not very engaging. But I want to give it a shot because you know, you know, quality, feminism, whatever. But uh, it was actually really 
good. Uh, I mean, good as far as like like the script was was better than average, but her performance, she's so fiery and she's got personality. And that's the thing I was a little worried about because a lot of times when they make these firsts of anything, especially when you go like historically, they're all they're like saintly figures. There's no rough edges or super polished. It's like you know, it's like the storybook Jackie Robinson version where we know Jackie Robinson would come up cleats high and spike a motherfucker. Anyways, she had a lot of fire to her, and there's a scene with uh, Mark Paul Gosler. Yes, Zach Morris of Saved by the Bell fame is in this in a major way. She, he plays her her catcher. And they have this whole cool little scene where where they have this you know getting to know you talk whatever. And the talk's over, and she walks away, and he smacks her on the ass. Just you know one of those little sports smacks, which I never understood. Even as a basketball player, like I'll I'll give you like a backhand tap. I'm not gonna smack your ass. But anyways, he smacks her ass, and she pivots on him like you know you know what the hell are you doing smacking my ass? And so he goes, and I quote, <laughs> "I'm an ass slapper, rookie." I'm also the captain of this team, so from here on out, every time I slap your ass, you say, thank you, sir, may I have another, and take the mound. And I was like, okay. I like where this show is going. I like where the show is going. So it's Pitch on Fox. I think it's 8 p.m. Thursdays. Make sure you check it out. Big shots to them. I, I just want to, you know, walk it back a second because it's yeah, more right. – it, well, it's more about uh, an FU to DirecTV and less about, like, me being cheap. So okay. it's not its not that I'm too cheap to get stars, dude. I want stars. I pay money for TV, man. My DirecTV bill is real because I got, mm. Sunday, I got Sunday ticket. I have all the movie channels. But for whatever reason, they give me every movie channel under the sun except stars. And I'm sure there's some kind of weird explanation for it. But I don't know what it is. So F Sounds you, like stars trying to pull a power move on y'all. Well, <laughs> I, so, I got it when it was included. <laughs> well, someone's trying to put someone trying to pull a power move on, on someone. I don't know who, but F you to direct. I automatically assume, as a good tax-paying American, that uh, the cable company is trying to bone me. So F you direct TV. Give me stars. Give me all of that shit. I want it, and you're not giving it, and I pay way too much money to not get it. All right, sorry. Go on. All right, we we we're, we're going to at Directv when we socialize uh, this podcast. We send it out via social media. I'm, we're going to at Directv. You on notice in Directv. So anyway, <laughs> so pitch is a nice segue into this week's topic, which was kind of tossed off as a joke by uh, by PD himself. But I took it for real, for serious, and we're going to do it. And I'm and I'm fine with. It. I'm here for it. He said, "Well, why would we do one of those like Netflix type uh, categories where it's like, oh, you know." Top five dark sci-fi movies with a strong female lead. I was like, sold. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> That's right. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So uh, we're getting Netflixy with our subjects already, and, um, and it's all good. So Peter, go ahead. You know, set us off. You you get first pick since once again you won just about everything. And let's see. Uh, oh, I'll just to give you guys a recap of the rules. Sorry if you're new to the podcast, as we're gaining viewers, you know, by the viewers and listeners, because we are everywhere. We're at iTunes, you know, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. Google Play Music. Thank you very much. Um, so basically, for our, all our new listeners, the, ba- the way we do it, we do kind of a uh, we do kind of like a draft in, in a sense. We where we alternate picks. Uh, if Peter picks a movie that I want, it's off the board. I can't pick it, and I have to come up with something else. And so there's a little bit of strategy involved, you know. So the first, you know, ones may or may not be the ones we actually think are the best. It might be the ones we think might be coming off the board first. And likewise, some of the la- latter ones might be the ones we think are safe from Peter's, you know, prying pop culture eyes. So, Peter, 
since you are nine and one against me in fake football or whatever, go ahead and take your first selection, top five or, or first or five or your favorite dark sci-fi movies with a strong female lead. Go. I'm like DJ Khaled on this category because I played myself, man. <laughs> bless up, bless up, this, bless up. <laughs> Bless up. This this was my category that I suggested as a joke, and then we ran with it, like you said. And then I went back and I looked at like I tried every Google search under the sun for this category, and I found I found like I, I was scraping, man. I'll be honest, I was scraping All because right. mostly not mostly because women have been under underrepresented in the genre, but then also too, I'm not a big sci-fi guy the way you are, so I'm gonna get this one right off the bat. Right, I'm gonna get this out of the way right off the bat. We're going to go with Alien. Alien! Well, you know, so I will, okay, all right, that's an excellent pick. I will let you expound on why you chose Alien. I was going to choose Aliens, but since it's the same actress in the same franchise, you can have the franchise. Shit. Good pick, Peter. Well done. Very lit, family. Very lit. Thank you. Tell us why, well, to the to the gamification or strategy side of this, I, I'm really picking this number one, not because it's my number one favorite movie uh, necessarily in the genre, but because I just had to screw you over because this is the obvious number one pick, honestly. I mean, and honestly, and honestly, I'm more of an aliens, you know, like aliens, like the sequel guy myself. But I mean, it it, it counts as the franchise. We'll give it to you. I won't pick. I can't pick aliens. You know, your the floor is yours. Aliens to me is a far superior movie than Alien. But give it. Tell me why you picked Alien instead of Aliens, and just in general. Well, I thought, you know, the first one set the tone for all three obviously and then for me i was real young i mean first of all this movie came out in 1979 which that in and of itself is kind of crazy because i feel like the stuff that they did with like uh special effects and the alien itself and all that um you know and all the scenes uh with the alien stock in the corner and all that shit i mean i feel like it was pretty advanced from a cinematography perspective for 1979 but i saw alien when i was very young and uh, that movie kind of fucked with me uh, real, real bad, I think, because that shit is scary. And like to to one end, I had like the toys, like I had like the plastic alien toy and stuff. My, you know, they were selling like action figures and all that stuff. And so it had that sort of like they tried to appeal to kids there for a little bit in the yeah. 90s. But okay. man. That was a scary, scary. Well, you know, I think maybe they weren't appealing to kids, but I know what I do know is that when I was a child, there were alien action figures, and I had some of them. And I remember, like, there were, and I don't know who, what exec thought it was a great idea to market a bunch of toys where you've got things popping out of people's chests. But bravo, Strange, do do what you do, get money. Well, well, the one that I had too was specifically. Uh, the scene where the alien opens its mouth and then there's like a tiny meta mouth that comes out of it. The plastic toy that I had actually had uh, that little mouth uh, thing. I don't even know how to describe it coming out of it. But anyway, we're kind of getting off. uh, We're kind of going down a rabbit hole of, you know, action figures there, but in marketing in the nineties. But anyway, um, so Sigourney Weaver just kicks ass after ass after ass and has no shortage of naysayers throughout the movie. Um, uh, and and she is just, to me, the uh, 
the peak of this category for sure. I mean, she is the strong female lead in a dark sci-fi movie. I mean, we might as well close up shop now because everybody else is kind of second place to Sigourney Weaver in not not like you said, not just Alien, but the whole the whole franchise. Uh, all all of them are really good movies, um, and she's phenomenal um in all of her appearances and uh yeah that's my number yeah, one she, she, she really brings it and and i mean it's everything from the tank top to the arms to the guns to the yeah she kicks yeah. major ass great pick peter way to play the game that's how you play the game uh okay so uh, that takes that off the board all right well good thing i came prepared all right so this is also a fairly obvious one so i'm gonna take this one off the board quickly i'm going with uh, the Matrix and Our Girl Trinity, played by yeah. Carrie Ann Moss. I'm t- I mean, wait, now, you want to talk about kicking ass? I mean, that whole movie is just like, I mean, they, those guys have been in the shape of their lives. I mean, they, all, all, all the martial arts, you know, the special effects, the bullet time, all that stuff was just incredible. Carrie Ann Moss, I never heard of her up until then. I think she's Australian or something, or maybe she's American, I'm not sure. But she, that was the first time that, that you know, most American audiences had, got major exposure to her and she just really she really did it she you know she kicked major ass and in all black leather and sunglasses with a very short sleek haircut i'm there for it so that is my second pick the matrix and trinity that's a great pick that's not the one that i thought you were going to go with for your first pick and we'll get there when we get there um okay yeah but but no are you you about to snake me for my first pick now is you with your next pick (laughs) <laughs> no, because this is giving too much information away, but I will say that the the movie that I thought was going to be your number one pick for this um, mm-hmm. is something that I, that you know that I never would pick for a movie because I can't stand it. So, mm. uh, yeah, so... Mm, I, I think about that. All right. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was a good pick, though. Um, I, uh, Matrix is... Uh, I, I, you know, I think I've only seen the first one. I don't know if I actually saw the whole trilogy. Um but man, second special. one, Matrix Revolutions has got like some cra- like that that whole you know car um, the the truck scene on the on the Oakland freeway. Oh my guys, it's I mean, do you, I mean if you like stuff blowing up and and just crazy shit, definitely see the second one. Third one kind of ended on a little bit of a you know eh, meh note, but I, I I enjoy that trilogy. I do mostly the first and the second one though. Shit is lit. <laughs> glug 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 glug. I'm All right. There we go. Oh, that's a doorbell. Okay, I got better special effects. All right, so yeah. All right, so your turn. Your second pick. All right, so I'm, first of all, just before I before I take my pick, I just want to say I um, I was drinking beer, and now I've switched to this. Like my wife had these little um, the little single shots of tequila, and I mix a tequila with this uh, passion fruit juice, and it is oh, garbage. No. It oh, is no. it, it is garbage. So if I if I start vomiting halfway through this podcast, we're gonna have to cut it. Uh, well, you know, well, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm not a big drinker, but don't they say beer before liquor? Never been sicker. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm almost thirty. So Buckle up, think, ladies and gentlemen. This is gonna be <laughs> as a borderline alcoholic. You would think I would know that by now, but I keep <laughs> punishing myself. All right, so number two pick. Um, I don't know if you've even seen this movie because this strikes me as something that you're not into. Um, but, uh, okay, Rose McGowan, Cherry Darling, Planet Terror, Robert Rodriguez, part of the Grindhouse um, series, 2007, I think, 2006. Uh, my God. Was, it, was that in the movie called Grindhouse? You know how it was like, cut in like two or three movies, right? Was that, it was, was that in Grindhouse? 
Yeah, it was two movies. So it was Planet Terror was Robert Rodriguez uh, entry, and then uh, Death Proof was Quentin Tarantino, and that had Kurt Russell in it, and also had Rose McGowan in it. Um, and, See, I uh, remember Death Proof, but I think I fell asleep before Planet Terror. So go ahead, educate the people and myself. <laughs> well, no, I don't think I don't think you're wrong. Like I don't think you're uh, off on that. I, I think most people remember Death Proof more than they do. Uh, Planet Terror. I think Planet Terror was and was a, a not as good of a movie, but mm. um, but it was She's still <laughs> yeah yeah no no no. So she so so she plays a go go dancer um, who ends up being the zombie ass kicker of a lifetime. Uh, she loses a leg. She fashions a giant fucking machine gun rocket launcher to her leg and kills motherfuckers with that thing. And uh, I actually, I talked to my wife. I, I was wondering if, uh, I was asking her if it would be cool if I got like Cherry Darling pinup style tattooed on my arm in the sleeve because that's how dope that character is. She is so lit. She is choosing. <laughs> yes. Very lit. Have a drink. We getting y'all mugs drunk tonight. Straight up. Okay, Peter Planetaire, I have nothing to add to that. I take your word for it. I believe you. And, you know, I'm going to take this one off the board, too, because you might actually get to this. This was a very popular film, and I hope you saw this because it came out, I think, a couple years ago. Uh, it got some Oscar talk. And I'm talking about the one, the only, Mad Max Fury Road, Charlize Theron as was oh, I forgot her name now. Imperiosa, Furiosa, or something like that? Furiosa, Furiosa, yeah. Furiosa. Woo! Bald head, which I can appreciate. You know, tatted everywhere. I mean, just, I mean, you know, kind of, you know, raccoon makeup. Just looking like she's ready to just light the whole world on fire. She, I mean, she was, I mean, she was so lit, like you are now, drinking at home. She was so lit that she wrested away the entire control of that movie from the lead character, Mad Max, with Tom Hardy, who kicks ass in almost every movie. She wrested control of that movie away from him, and she made it. She made that movie her bitch, like straight up. She was, I mean, that was a really great role, really great, you know, kind of, you know, I mean, strong, semi-silent role for her, and just, I mean, and, and it just, really, I mean, she was just really strong in so many levels. I really enjoyed her performance in that. I really enjoyed that movie, quite honestly. I need to see that again. That was an experience. Like, I remember coming out of that movie, I might have been reviewing again at that point or I did like made one of my tweet reviews whatever but it was just so like 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 an experience and I think I saw it in D-Box too so my seat was going every which way and stuff so I mean it was I mean that was a great that was a great time a great time at the movies thanks to Charlize Theron and and her Furiosa yeah really funny yeah, that it was good stuff. That movie was very, very, very lit. Uh, I ended up, I saw that movie at Alamo Draft House in Richardson, Texas by myself at like one in the afternoon. And I ate like, I ate like 12 hot wings and downed a pitcher of beer by myself in the afternoon. And it was like the best afternoon ever. I was just sitting there like, cause you know, I actually wasn't a huge fan. I, I should say I wasn't a huge fan, but like, I never really saw um, the original Mad Max movies. Uh, like I saw, I probably saw the first one when I was a kid, and I don't really remember it that much. But um, I, I, I kind of went into that like, oh, it's another big budget movie, like action, all that stuff, blah blah blah. But I, something about it compelled me to go see it at one o'clock in the afternoon by myself while my wife is at work. I got drunk as shit. I ate hot wings. Hot wings. <laughs> Delicious food at Alamo Draft House. They are choosing. 
Day choosing an Alamo Draft House. This this podcast is not sponsored by Alamo Draft House, but it, but it fucking should be because it's a partnership made in heaven. <laughs> this, that's the God's honest truth. And, and they are choosing. Uh, Imper- Imperator Furiosa. Yeah, she she laid it down. That movie was 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 very fun. And so that's the thing too with George Miller. Like you said, it could have been a big bu- budget, you know, blockbuster weird film. And it, w- it had a, a really big weird budget. But George Miller gets weird. He will paint your face in some weird kind of, you know, look like a like a like a like a zombie, you know, above like above ground zombie, you know, you know, with with eyes. He'll have you driving these these tricked out cars. He'll have you speaking in some sort of gibberish, like like Nicholas Holt, the little adorable kid from About a Boy, is is like I think his name is like the driver or something. What was his name? Slit? No, no, his name was uh, Nux. Actually, we don't even know his name in the actual film, but it, it's credited on IMDb as Nux. And he's out there saying crazy shit like, what a day, what a wonderful day. So, I mean, yeah, that movie was that was on one. I'm here for it. And, yes, that is my pick, and I'm glad you can appreciate that because that was on some shit. All right, third pick, you're up, Peter. Third pick, good one. Coming up, it's a recent one. Ten, Cloverfield Lane, Mary Elizabeth Winston. <laughs> How did I miss that? Woo! I am yo yo. Take a freaking bath. That is. Yo, you know I'm gonna shut up and let you roll. Just just rock, rock out with this one. I, I love that pick. That's an excellent pick. I am. I'm mad. I missed that. Mad it didn't make my list. Go ahead, Peter. Go ahead. I love that pick. Now yeah. I almost debated it because it's. I you know it's it kind of straddles the line of sci-fi a little bit. The first Cloverfield uh, movie. You know, hands down, no question, is a sci-fi movie for sure. But, um, you know, this one had enough trappings of the – the sequel had enough trappings of the first movie that it could very clearly be considered uh, a dark sci-fi movie. Um, so she – you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, you know, she's in the oh, car. I love her. She's so talented. So she's, talented. She's so lit. And by the way, she is in uh, Planet uh, – I'm sorry, uh, Crime Proof. Uh, or good lord, I'm drunk. Death proof. Uh, she, she's in she was death, death proof for real. Oh, yeah, wow, she's been working. Yeah, well, that was well. So she was listed in the cre- in the intro credits as uh, introducing Mary, not Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It was just Mary Winstead, and so that was kind of her first movie, and that was 2006, seven. Um, she grew anyway. into her middle name. She grew into her middle name. Yes. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I guess it's a weird actor thing, or maybe it's like a, a married name. I, I don't. I have no idea. Um, but uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, she is. We'll say kidnapped. I don't want to. I always feel weird when we get into the description of the movie. So I don't want to spoil the movie too much. But she, let's just say she was kidnapped. She is held in this crazy, uh, you know, pre- yeah, bunker for for doomsday prepper bunker, and she fucking. <laughs> She, long story short, she claws her way out, and she kicks fucking ass the whole way, and she takes down takes down John Goodman, and uh, she kills it. She's beautiful, amazing actress, just wonderful. Great movie and great performance by a great actress. Uh, loved it. Highly recommend. Four reels on my scale, baby. Attaboy. And and may I suggest, and I I mean, this maybe this will convince you to watch this show I've been watching all summer, which has just wrapped up its first season, hopefully renewed again. CBS, if you can hear me, renew this. But she is the lead, the star, the everything of Brain Dead. 
brought to you by the Kings, Robert and Michelle King, D1s who brought us one of the top 10 network shows of all time, The Good Wife. Braindead is so lit family, and it stars her. She's running the show. You need to check that out. Like for real. When it gets on Amazon or Hulu, whatever, check it out. It was it was it was a good time. It really was. Uh, like, it, was it was a bit like it wasn't like kind of horror per se, but it's like it's like it's like sci-fi. Actually, that if that's another thing I found when I was researching this is that there are so many more TV shows that have dark sci-fi female leads than movies. I mean, it's it's like it's like its own little cottage industry on TV. But yeah, it's 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 like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but in like today with today's politics. It's so crazy. I think you really enjoy it. People's head exploding and shit. It's it's amazing. I love it. It sounds right in my wheelhouse. I'm I am firmly out of the loop on TV. You are the TV guy through and through. I don't know anyone who likes TV the way that you do. You know all the shows. You know all the all the connections, all that shit. I I you know and I kick myself in the ass sometimes cuz I'm like it, I get recommendations for shows like that constantly and it sounds like something I'd like and I end up just never checking it out for some reason. But then when I finally do on the rare in, on the rare instances when I do it ends up being amazing. Like I had somebody who just was cramming True Detective down my throat season one. And I was like, nah, man, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm too cool for you, motherfucker. And then I watched it and I'm like, this is the best show ever. You know, we watched yeah, all four all four of those first episodes when I found out about it that night. So, yeah. So that's my pick. Um, and uh, you are the TV guy firmly. And I will, t- I will check out Braindead. I'll promise you that. Hey, everybody, if you guys have a show that Peter must watch, let's avalanche him with mail. Email us at podcast.cinemadraft at gmail.com. Send us your T, your your TV watching list, your TV watch list for Peter, because he needs to get on some shit. He, you need to get on Atlanta. You need, there, there's like, you know what? You know, just just email us. Uh, I'll, I'll pass along to Peter. He needs to start watching more TV. It's healthy. It's American. Do your civic duty. Okay, my now my next pick. My next pick, uh, just to take this one off the board, because you'll probably get to it sooner than later, is Terminator 2. Oh, you fucker. I wanted that one. That was on my list. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Robert Patrick looking scary as hell, chasing down people, robotic style, that upright Tom Cruise-like running style. Yeah, I'm just going to take this one off the board because I knew if I waited one more pick, it'd be gone. Linda Hamilton. I mean, there's really nothing to be said. Everyone knows Terminator, Terminator 2 especially. I mean, I was, I think I was about 9 or 10 when it came out. I didn't see it maybe for another couple years or whatever when it was maybe on TV or somewhere. But Or actually, maybe I did see it in the theater. I can't remember. But anyways, I was, I was a kid. When it came out, it was very, very 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 you know fascinating like all the tech or, or all the technology and stuff you no know, the first turn it was like 84 i think and the second one t2 came out like i think in the late 80s early 90s but anyways it was really good i mean linda hamilton's as fierce as is all get out once again tank top arms you see a pattern here if you want to project a strong female lead in a dark sci-fi film you must have your de facto tank top you must have you know, sun's out, guns out. But yeah, she she had she had guns and guns. She was ready to roll. So T two, y'all know what it is. y'all already know what it is. It's a cultural icon. Hasta la vista, I'll be back, baby. Officers, hasta la vista, baby, I'll be back. I mean, it's got everything you need, especially Linda Hamilton and hashtag Dem Arms. You know what's funny about Terminator, specifically Terminator 2 to me was, and this this is touching back to what we were saying about Alien and like marketing towards kids in the 90s. So when I was when I was a kid, 
Terminator 2, uh, the arcade game, was gigantic. Like, you could not go to a bowling at Jesus Christ, I sound old. You you could not you you back in my day, bowling alleys all had condom machines. No, but back in the, I, you could not go to like a bowling alley or an arcade without there being a copy of that hot Terminator 2 very lit shooter. And on top of that, when I watched Terminator 2 when I was a kid, I remember seeing that intro scene where the whole world had been just decimated by the by skynet and robots are just fucking shit up you know and there's <laughs> there's there's fire and it's like the book of revelation come alive and there's there's like that little that, preach to the congregation <laughs> preach there's that one scene where there's like um the seesaw like a children's playground and the seesaw and like the little rocky horse and all that stuff they're all set on fire and i remember seeing that as a little kid and being like that's kind of funny, like blowing it off. As and then you and then you compare it to Alien, right? And when I saw Alien when I was a kid, I was horrified of that shit. And both of those movies, as like a young white male growing up in the suburbs, both of those movies were marketed. The franchises were marketed very heavily towards me, and but both of them kind of affect me. I grow up now. And I appreciate Alien as a horror movie, but I look at like the props and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, it's just a prop. It's just an alien. They did a great job for the time. But I look at Terminator 2, and I see those visions of the apocalypse, and I'm like, dude, if Donald Trump gets elected, this might be what we're seeing. <laughs> like, like, He's been sent by Skynet. He's been sent from the future to destroy humanity. That's the tagline for this episode. <laughs> Donald Trump's been sent from the future by Skynet to destroy humanity. <laughs> well, but, but not even that. Just like I look at uh, – you can look at the Alien movie and you can be like, okay, as an adult, you can see that. And you're like, all right, that's a sci-fi movie. They had special effects – it was epic for the time and all that stuff. But then I look at Terminator 2 and I'm like, ooh, those are visions of an apocalyptic future, which if Donald Trump gets elected, might not be that far away. We might be facing World War Three. I'm being a little dramatic here, but you get what I mean. Like it's you a lot. And, 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 and honestly, and honestly, we sh- we should probably hold a podcast just on that, fearing for our future after that shit show of a debate. We got to keep it moving. T uh, two uh, is 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 a very lit pick. You know, glug glug, have a drink. Uh, <laughs> and let me get to. There we go. Have a drink. Uh, and so ma- make your fourth pick, Peter. Okay. So this is a little bit of a this is a little bit of a cheap pick because I'll be honest the movie. However, I'm gonna put I'm I'm gonna put I'm gonna put number four as the X Files movie. You felt me. You felt me. Okay. All right. I am putting that shit down because listen. I'll be honest. I like the X-Files movie, to be honest. I didn't watch the series, really, but I saw the, the, the movie out in the theaters, and I enjoyed it. That one shot where they're in the back of that, that uh, car driving away from you know an Oklahoma City-style terrorist attack, they both swivel their heads at the same time. That's a great shot. I just want to say that. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> no, no the, the movie was fine. Like It was a good movie, um, but I didn't... I didn't... Uh, that movie doesn't crack my top 
100 favorite movies but i put it but i put it as number four in this genre because dana scully is such a hardo badass and um, a cultural icon and she's a cultural icon and i grew up with the x-files every saturday night uh growing up i would watch uh fox 13 in boston would have uh the x-files reruns at like 11 o'clock at night and my whole thing was on sunday night i i didn't want to go to school the next morning i would just watch the x-files and stay up wicked late and end up being you know tired of shit in the morning um and so much of that is derived from dana scully she is truly the lead of that show like fox Mulder was great and he was an interesting character and all that but dana scully was the true anchor of the x-files she was the scientist she was brilliant. She was the counterweight to all of his ridiculous ideas, which were only right, like, you know, so many percent of the time, uh, so, much, so many times. And, uh, you know, so I got to show love to Dana Scully because she is one of the greatest sci-fi characters, period, let alone one of the greatest female leads. And so I'll put the X-Files movie at number four just in honor of her. Agreed. And quick fun fact about your boy. I spent a year at the DePaul Theater School uh, MFA professional acting program. And while I was there, I found out that one of their alumni, alumna, uh, on the undergrad side, the, the BFA, was Jillian Anderson, who plays Dana Scully of the X-Files. And the funny thing is, is that when she was there, so so I guess they held like some sort of gala for her the year I was there. So we're talking like 97, 98, whatever. So, you know, she's, you know, fully into X-Files. She's making money, everything. She's, you know, she's well known and they, they're claiming her as their own but yet i heard you know uh, aside that you know she basically has got very little love for the bfa program because they basically tried to you know they basically shaded her the entire time she was there now of course like, like the mike jones song you know first then you didn't know me now i'm hot you all on me they all are on her jock now she was Julian Anderson of the X-Files. So I, too, when I get put on, will have zero love for the Paul Theater School program for kicking me out. Screw you. That's another pod. Okay, going on to my fourth pick <laughs> before we get all up in our feelings on this podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to take this one off the board because this one might be in your range, possibly. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Jennifer Lawrence from The Hunger Games. I mean, it doesn't get much more dystopian future than that. Jennifer Lawrence, I mean, I... It may sound unseemly because there's probably like a 15-year age difference, but I love Jennifer Lawrence. I love you, J-Law. Holla at your boy. We can make this happen. We can do this. <laughs> not you. you bring... <laughs> no. What do you mean? Not in. No. no. We can do this, J-Law. We can do this. But no, but seriously, though, she's a great actor. She's super strong. She brings so much, like, I mean, for what could have been, like, a throwaway, you know, young adult type role, whatever, you know, she really brings some, some depth and grit to it. By the third film, you're with her. You're with, you're, you're with whatever she wants to lead you into. She, you're, you're about it. I mean, I, I, I love it. It's, it's, a, it's a good performance. I didn't read the books, so I came into it totally cold. But that, that first movie especially, I mean, she's got such, you know, depth and, and humanity to what could have been an easily a paycheck role. So big shouts to you, J-Law. Love you. Katniss Everdeen, go ahead, do your thing. And it is, it is dark. Yet, you know, kids killing kids. So, you know, be, don't be mistaken. The Hunger Games and that whole franchise is, is hella dark sci-fi of a dystopian future. Here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to go off on my tirade right now about this. It's going to be I'll keep it I'll keep it brief, but it's going to be a little bit of a tirade. And anybody who's listening to this is immediately going to cast me as the uh, 
you know, uh, hipster snob of film movies because I'll just be totally real with you. The Hunger Games, as we all know, is a flagrant ripoff of the Battle Royale movies, which are from – it's a Japanese film. They came out years before the Hunger Games. And <laughs> the what? The what? <laughs> pinned in a corner. Pinned in a corner. Uh, pinned in a corner. I believe the director would have to admit or the writer would have to admit that the movie was completely ripped off. And now listen, respect. I'm going to, I'll do like Birdman and I'm going to put some respect on uh, Jennifer Lawrence's theme because I, I think she's, I think she's wonderful. I think silver linings playbook. She stole the fucking show and she's dude. She stole the show in a movie with fucking Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro. She stole the show. So it's nothing against Jennifer Lawrence. She's wonderful. She's great. She's a tremendous actress. But uh, Hunger Games is a hard passeroni for me, sir. Not interested. You're the only one. You're the only one. But I, I respect I, your opinion. I respect your differences. That's why I love you. That's why you're my boy. And that's why you have the next pick. Your last pick. Make it a good one. Last pick. And I cannot believe that you didn't take this. I just can't believe it. But I'm going to take your girl, Sandra Bullock, in Gravity. She is choosing in space. <laughs> wow! Wow! How the hell did I miss that, Peter? I totally—I mean—and that shit's dark. She's floating outside of a fucking space station. She may not get back home. She has to basically re-enter on on some craziness. That is that is hella dark. That is sci-fi. That is my girl. Love me some Sandy Bullock. Well done. Well picked. Tell tell the people all about it. Damn. She, you. You want to talk about like Jennifer Lawrence? You want to talk about her stealing the show in a room full of uh, you know big name guys? Listen, George Clooney, you're you're alone in a room with George Clooney and you're Sandra Bullock, and you crush George Clooney's performance. George no, Clooney, no, but let's be real. I mean, I'm sorry, I just got to interject on this one. This movie was built around her. She didn't steal anything. If anything, you know, he's trying to get on her level because it's a, it's a no. one woman show. It's a one woman show. This whole movie. No, I, I totally agree, but like George Clooney is such a prolific name in the acting world that if you put him in as the only other guy basically in the movie, I mean, it's there's some competition there. I mean, it's fucking oh, yeah, George Clooney. Yeah. No, I like how they push each other in the movie too. There's a real good rapport there. So I, I mean, you're you're right. He does he does bring something to to every role he he has. If if they if if it wasn't a you know if if it was a rollover type deal, they would have put Walter Goggins in there or something. But no, they put it. And I and and listen, I love. No, no, no. I love Walter Goggins, but he's not George Clooney, man. And Sandra Bullock crushed George Clooney. He's an afterthought. You think of, you think you think you think of that movie? George Clooney steals the show in everything. He stole our hearts for ten years on ER or whatever it was throughout the throughout the nineties. All right, screw Clooney. Tell me about Sandy. Tell me why you love Gravity. I'm with you on this. Though. I'm totally with you. Well, no, I'm just saying. I think I feel like it's worth noting that she took the stage with George Clooney and she crushed his ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so. Right. I mean, well, listen, you gave the synopsis basically already. So, um, you know, her and uh, I don't know that partner is partner the word that astronauts use. I don't think so. Uh, But, you know, she gets launched into outer space. Uh, Shit goes terribly wrong. Um, And she's got to make her way out. 
And, um, you know, I, 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 like I said, I always feel weird because I, I don't want to spoil the movie for people who haven't seen it. I don't want them, I don't want them cutting all the die at the end. Uh, I don't want to cut, I don't want them cutting the podcast just because they haven't seen Gravity yet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, the movie's been out for like three or four years. I mean, spoiler alert, you know, you should have seen the movie. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us what – at least just tell us what you like about it the most. I mean, is it is it the strength of Sandy's performance? Because I'm totally there with you for that. She's – I mean, she, she won an Oscar, didn't she? I mean, it's it's an awesome, awesome performance. It is. So basically the Russian you – know, you know, the Russian fucking satellite because, of course, I mean, those damn Russians always trying to be a thorn in our side. You know, it's the Cold War – Cold War never really ended, right? And, uh, you know, so basically you watch Sandra Bullock's uh, character um, move from her, uh, her, her shuttle to the International Space Station. Uh, she's got no contact with, with uh, Houston, as it were. Um, you know, can't get in contact with anybody. Has got to figure out a way to... Um, get land basically land back on Earth completely by herself, and there's very few people on Earth who could pull off a one man or one woman show, and she did it, and uh, it, it phenomenal, great movie. Uh, don't want to spoil it. Go see it. Sandra Bullock, the God. All right, and since we're running a little bit long, let me just do my pick real quick at the end. And it's a little bit of a controversial pick. Uh, maybe we'll debate it on another podcast. But technically, it checks all the boxes. I'm going with. Uh, I'm going <laughs> with Empire Strikes Back, Princess Leia. And that's the okay. one. What's that? That's, that's the, the one. one. That's, that's the wow. one that. It- yeah, wait, wait, the movie that you would pick that I would never pick in a million years is any any Star Wars movie. And no. I don't, I, I don't. You know, and that I mean, God, we we honestly need to have a, a Peter intervention podcast at some point, just for, just for the Empire Strikes Back alone. One of the t- easily one of the top five movies of all time, you know, if not one of the best movies of all time. And and she doesn't kick as much ass in that movie as say she does in Return of the Jedi. But as a character, we know that. Uh, that uh, Princess Leia is hella strong. I mean, she's she used to run Alderaan until it got blown to smithereens. I mean, she can tote a gun. She can fend off Han Solo's advances. Yet still fall in love with him at the same time. Very tricky. Very tricky. So and and she's you know she's she's a rider. She's she's a rider die chick. And we are totally there for. It. So Princess Leia. Uh, from Empire Strikes Back, and that is the darkest of the three, pretty much of the entire series. Quite honestly, it's a really dark movie, but I, I liked it. Everyone loved it. I remember seeing it in the theater. Yes, as a boy, probably before you were even born, Peter. Remember seeing that joint? I loved it. Had William Falcon, all that good stuff. That is my fifth and final pick, and we made it. That's right. Got through that segment. Appreciate it. So now we're gonna get to you know we handle a little business. Little cinema draft business and what is cinema draft for all you new and old returning people? It is basically the fancy sports version of the movies. You draft ten actors, all of whom are assigned a dollar value salary. You have a hundred k in the budget to try and draft all ten of your actors. No more, no less. You have to have ten. You must draft at least one of each of the three release types of movies. Wide, two thousand screens or up. Limited between uh, 500 and, and 2,000 screens, or platform 500 screens or under. You must have at least one of each actor, uh, one one actor of each type on your call sheet, which is your lineup of actors. And be sure to try to choose your headliners. They are worth 40% more. So, for example, if Suicide Squad opens with 100 million on a week on an opening weekend. Uh, Margot Robbie would get 100 points. 
while headliner Will Smith would get 140. See that 40% bonus? Very key. Hashtag major key. Big shouts, DJ Khaled. This game is free to play, and by the time you hear this, by the time you hear this, oh, I thought it was drum roll. Okay, wrong effect. Ah, here's the effect. By the time you hear this, we will be live. Yeah. Cinema Draft is open for business. We are in invite-only private beta, accepting the first 250 uh, players to sign up. Go to cinemadraft.co. Go to our landing page. Sign up for the free beta. You will get information on how to join uh, the site, and we're only letting in the first 250 in VIP. Once we hit 251, you're cut off. No, once we hit 250, you're cut off. You got to wait till next weekend. So make sure you check us out. Um, and limited limited space uh, available in the opening weekend's feature presentation. It is a $250 prize pool, free to play. It's a free roll. Uh, I think we're giving 80 away to first. So, you know, definitely check it out. And make sure you use, make use of the shot list. So the shot list is basically, you know, views you can use to pick the winning Cinema Draft call sheet. Uh, it's broken up into three parts. The first part is called the A-list, and these are actors you're definitely going to want to have on your call sheet this weekend. And this weekend, we have opening, of you know, the big budget movie, movie opening and wide release this weekend is Deepwater Horizon. Now, I will admit, usually I do a little bit of research or check the tracking. I've done none of that. We're trying to launch this bad boy this weekend, so... Uh, I'm just kind of going my gut here, but I have a good feeling that Deepwater Horizon is going to open to at least 20 million or more. Uh, we're looking at uh, Mark Wahlberg as a headliner for that 40% bonus, as well as Kate Hudson. So I would say definitely uh, draft you some Kate Hudson to get that 40% bonus because she is $800 cheaper. Also on the A-list, I would say, you know what? This this might be a little bit of a shot in the dark, but it's it's geared towards families, so might as well go with uh, Eva Eva Green from Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. It's opening. Oh man, it's opening super wide. Thirty five hundred and twenty screens. It's good. It's aimed towards the you know family uh, the family audience. It's a little darker, a little weirder. You know the the trailer I've seen has like the the young girl with like the teeth in the back of her head and all that kind of craziness. So it, it might skew, you know, just weird enough that it might get a cross section of people who don't want to go to see a disaster flick like Deepwater Horizon. So Ava Green is the second person on the A-list. Now co-starring are some values you might want to look out for this weekend. Uh, since you must have one uh, from the platform release type, I'm going with any one of the actors. Well, actually, no, I'm going with the headliner uh, actor in M.S. Dhoni, The Untold Story. Now, what is that movie? I have no idea. I believe it is an Indian biopic of of a famous cricket player, famous Indian, as in like East Indian um, cricket player. Uh, so get you some... Sushant Singh Rajput. Hope I said that correctly. He is the he is the lead in this film. He is playing M.S. Dhoni. I, I guess he's a very famous cricket player. Uh, very affordable, seventy seven hundred. Um, so slide him into your call sheet at the platform release uh, type on two hundred and sixty screens, and it might be uh, our widest platform release. Uh, of, the, of the weekend, so make sure you check that out as a co-starring value. And also, I mean, uh, until they prove us otherwise, I mean, the old holdover from the last three weeks at this point, No Manches Frida, 
still getting work in. Uh, that is probably going to be, we're estimating it's going to be about 350, 400 screens uh, with this, with also with the corded price drop. So you can probably get Frida for uh, 7,500. Uh, they're all priced the same since we are unfamiliar to North American audiences who these stars are. So all priced at 7,500, very affordable. Slide Martha Higreda or Omar Shapiro, sorry, Omar Shaparo, slide them into your call sheet. It's like you'd slide into that girl's DMs, all right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see you getting wavy over there, Peter. I see you. Uh, and then cutting room floor, which basically skip these losers this weekend as these these films are totally overpriced at their release point um, for at the limited release type. Suicide Squad's probably going to be somewhere between 1,500 and 1,900 screens. It has made its money. There's no more money to be made. Skip that loser. All them, all them actors, Will Smith, I love you, but not right now. I loved you eight weeks ago. Uh, so skip that loser. And don't breathe. We already know that these type of horror and suspense films are notoriously front-loaded. So don't breathe on don't breathe just don't breathe on it. just don't do it just don't do it save yourself the trouble even if it's cheap it's, it's fool's gold only 6500 for dylan minetti as a headliner but don't do it fam don't do it so unlit it is dry as kindling don't do it actually it's wet as a pool do not it's not lit it's <laughs> anti-lit do not do it <laughs> all right and that is the shot list views you can use to to Pick the winning call sheet. And you know what? Actually, I want to do a new segment. Damn it! I want to. Do... Peter, are you are you on our site right now? Can you can you get onto our to our uh, to our uh, beta site? We're gonna go through a we're gonna go through a call list. Damn it! A call sheet. We're gonna have you pick a call sheet to show the people how it's done, how it's yeah. done around these parts, and and see if we can't get you know uh, some insight into how to build a winning call sheet. You're going to lead the way. I'm going to kind of you know look over your shoulder. I'm also – we're going to screen share and and show the process, and I'm give some helpful advice as the originator of this Cinema Draft game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my only problem – so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oh, – Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think we have any contest for you to, to choose from. Well, All right, so my bad. Yeah, I was that'll, that'll be a that'll be a future that'll be a future segment. But yeah, go ahead and say what you you were thinking. Well, I'm screen sharing right now, so if you're okay. watching the video cast version of this podcast, you can see it. And I've got uh, actually like a whole bunch of um, tournaments that I'm in, and uh, some uh, well, most of them are basically just testing nonsense that we've been doing as we've been building the product out. And um, so, but you can kind of see sort of. Um, Oh yeah, click into one of your old call sheets. Yeah, show them what it what it looks like when it's been scored out. Well, so right, so I've got right now. I'm getting, oh, I'm bottom of the barrel here on six uh, in sixth place. My call sheet is not doing so well. Uh, At least our scroll feature works. That's good to see. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, that it's funny how difficult <laughs> sometimes that shit is. Uh, I picked Peter Sarsgaard for some inexplicable reason over Denzel Washington. Why? I don't know. I think that, uh, <laughs> no, because I don't like Peter Sarsgaard. I've hated him ever since Garden State, and I hate him now, now even more. So I don't know why I picked him. It was an accident. I love Denzel. Why didn't I pick Denzel? <laughs> and Denzel's a headliner, too. You could have got a 40% bonus. Could have got, I think, 49 points for your trouble. 
Oh, I know, and it's funny because Peter Sarsgaard is his the salary is just slightly less than Denzel. It's not; it's only a few thousand dollars less. Um, so why I picked him, no fucking clue. But I did pick the um, headliner from Blair Witch because Blair Witch has always been a favorite of mine. I'm a big found footage guy. Now let let's let's be very clear. I do not like the Paranormal Activity movie. So if you associate uh, found footage of paranormal activity. You are mistaken. Not a fan, but I do love found footage movies, starting with the Blair Witch. So I'm very hyphy, very lit over this remake. Oh, Ooh, sorry. hyphy! I like it. I like uh, it. E forty in the bay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I I... <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when to go. Uh, ghost ride the pod. Ghost ride the pod. <laughs> yeah, we, that's that's what we're doing out here. Is we are ghost riding this pod. Um, so. This Blair Witch, it's actually a sequel, uh, not a remake. But I, either way, very excited for it. So as you can see, I have um, my wide release movies pretty well represented here. Uh, majority or about halfway with my platform releases. So I've got both wide and platform release films represented in my call sheet. And I did sneak in Melanie Hins from The Wildlife um, I'll be totally honest. This was completely a numbers move. I do not know. <laughs> I, I do not know who Melanie Hines or Hines is, and I do not know what the wildlife is. But I think I needed uh, the six thousand dollars to put in the call sheet to complete the sheet and make it. Fair enough. Click on click on Melanie Hins's name so we can see her actor card. Because yeah, who is Melanie Hins? Damn it! Oh, what a dope app that tells me what she's in. Basically, just <laughs> movie. <laughs> But no picture. Like, okay, so we don't see who she is, but we at least we see what she's about. That's that's cool. Yeah, maybe not the best example. Um, but uh, you know, Peter Sarsgaard has been in uh, well, The Magnificent Seven. This is his latest thing. He hasn't really done anything in a while since then. Um, and so you know, your nemesis. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, as you can see, this is kind of the makeup of a call sheet. This is no, that, not that, that's a, cool. And, and leave it up for a second. Um, let me see if I can. I wonder if we can free if we can hold this frame. Uh, but so yeah, let, let's uh, from a quote unquote expert only because I actually made the game. Otherwise, I'm actually pretty average in this game. Jaybird, I'm coming for you. He won again this week. Jason Green, that's his test name. I'm sure he will probably go by Jaybird when we start and terrorize all of our Cinema Draft faithful. But uh, so so here here's my critique of the of your. Your call sheet. Uh, so, so you, you it's a, it's a valid call sheet. You hit all the the spots, which is cool. Looks like. Uh, can you scroll up a little bit so we can see how much salary you had left over? Okay, perfect. So you have less than you have less than looks like one percent of salary left over. That's good. You want to have you want to use up um, as far as uh, allowable salary left over. You kind of want to use as much as possible. I'm I personally like to leave about one percent or 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 less. Um, I mean not one percent, but like you know five percent or less. Uh, left over. So, um, oh, where'd it go? Peter. Oh, there. All right. Uh, so, okay, so you did a good job of using up your salary. Uh, disappointments room has been a disappointment. That's why it's min price at five thousand. Uh, unless you were just totally punting uh, those slots to try to get more magnificent seven in, I might have tried to avoid that. See if I could have gotten something on the lower end that would have performed a little bit better. Snowden's not bad, but it showed signs of flagging after its first weekend. Um, so I probably might have went towards Storks. Uh, Storks came out last weekend. If you could have done the, the winning combination, seemed like it was it was either two of Storks and one of Magnificent Seven, or two of Magnificent Seven and one of Storks. 
because Storks opened pretty wide. It brought in 21 million. Otherwise, you know, you, you did a pretty good job trying to get like the bigger budget releases in. And then, yeah, you kind of just kind of punt the the limited release. You know, with a movie you didn't really know anything about. There wasn't much to choose from last weekend for limited release. So, well, so it, was, it was a valiant effort. Here's the thing, though. This highlights kind of how I think. I mean, you you can guess in this game and and maybe get it right sometimes but to really be good at cinema draft you have to really know uh the box office and all of the movies that are out because i consider myself to be you know a bigger movie fan than the average person and i had no idea like i said who melanie uh hines or the wildlife i had no idea what that was so if you really want to edge in this game you have to be, as you told me when you first introduced the concept to me, you have to be quite the box office gangster. You just do. <laughs> get your swole on, get your roll on. Yeah, you have to, I mean, and, and there are people out there who take it serious, like like the infamous Jaybird. Like he, I think he might even have like an optimizer. I'm not even sure. He, he He's really in the life. But I mean, there are definitely going to be some tools out there uh, that you can find on your own that down the line development will provide for you so we can make it even more fun so you can get leg up on the strategy of the game. But it's going to, but yeah, it's going to, it's a combination of, of, of the box office itself, the stars, um, you know, trends as far as genres and types of movies, the time of year. Like, for example, January is a terrible time of year for movies, and so you might want to lay off of, like, the wide releases and go more towards the indie films, whereas, you know, you know wintertime or the summertime, it's all blockbuster all the time, dominating the box office. A lot of little things that make this really fun, interesting game with a lot of game theory and strategy involved to it. And, to be honest, it takes a lot of skill. It is hashtag skill game. So we're definitely looking forward to you seeing you guys jump in on, on the Cinema Draft game. We are we, – we will have launched by the time you see this. We're very excited. Come join us on the site. Uh, to wrap this up, we actually – I want to introduce a quick little segment here, which I'm calling the over-under. So in order to determine who goes first next week on the Cinema Draft podcast to snake each other's picks – like we've been doing, uh, we're going to do, we're going to hold over under on Deepwater Horizon. All right. And I'm just going to pick a, a fairly arbitrary number. I have not checked the tracking. So this is done off of zero uh, box office insider information. And I'm, and I'm going to peg a number of 20 million as being the over for Deepwater Horizon this weekend. Peter, you're going to take the under and the winner gets to pick first next week. Does that sound fair? It actually does sound fair because this movie looks like a pile of dog shit. And and and, <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, so but but the American public loves dog shit, so you definitely have a really strong chance. But I'll be honest, the Deepwater Horizon, I don't think that shit went down anything like the movie is portraying. And I think people may be a little burned out on Mark Wahlberg and his hardo act. So. Uh, and That's I what love a Boston it. native, a Boston native is putting his fellow Boston native on front street. Well, no, I, dude, I love Mark Wahlberg and the departed is one of the greatest movies that have has ever been shot period. But this movie looks ridiculous. And like to see like the trailer and he's being all dramatic. It's like, dude, I don't think the deep water horizon went down anything like this. So yeah, I'll take the under that is more than fair. I am we are. It is on. I am on with it. All right, so there's our over-under new segment this week. Uh, hold us to it. We'll see who will prevail. I think it will be over $20 million in box office this weekend. Peter will take the under. And that's going to wrap it up for us on this edition of the Cinema Draft Podcast, 
episode five. Glad you guys have hung with us this entire time. Appreciate it. And we are open for business. When you see this, uh, go to our site, cinemadraft.co. Sign up for an invite to the free beta. And we do mean invite. The first 250 get into VIP. Follow us on social media, on, at, on Twitter, at Play Cinema Draft, Facebook, Cinema Draft, Instagram, at Cinema Draft, Medium, slash, at Cinema Draft, and Pinterest, Cinema Draft. We, you can also subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already at iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, Cloud, or your favorite podcasting outlet. And join us in the feature presentation once you're all signed up and good to go. Got your funny, uh, ironic, sarcastic screen name all together. Uh, you can join us in the feature presentation. $250 prize pool, free to play, 80 bucks to the winner. Join us. Starts uh, theater counts lock at 6 p.m. on Thursday. The game starts at 10 p.m. on on Thursday. Uh, and by the way, theater lock ca- uh, theater counts lock means that whatever the amount of theaters that we have information on are showing your films is what we're locking it at for the release types. So you have certainty for your your call sheets. And then the game itself will start four hours later at 10 p.m. All times are Pacific. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for being with us again, and we will see you next time. Damn, I need an outro.